Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I am Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter, and he is with Further Still Ministries. And we do this little ditty called Solid Steps Radio. And if you're just joining us for the very first time, thank you for listening. We hope it's on purpose. But if you caught us accidentally and you want to know what we're all about, we are a show for men by men talking about things from a guy's perspective. Women listen and get all kinds of application and they enjoy it. But our main audience is the guys and we're talking to guys and and we just want to talk about things from a guy's perspective. We want to talk about life and how we handle it and attack it and look at it and view it and screw it up as men, right? So, so, uh, which is pretty common, I'm sure. Tell tell our our audience why we go after men. Um, We go after men. Don't ask, wait a minute, I'm supposed to ask the hard questions. Uh, we go after men, oh, we go after men, I'm, I'm giving you my answer, is we believe that men have a destiny, and that destiny is to walk with God, and you're not walking with God, and fulfilling your destiny as a man as you were created unless you're walking with Jesus Christ. Is that the answer? Oh, uh, that's pretty close. That's my really, <laughs> that's my deep theological, true, we well, love yeah, you answer. Yeah, but. it is, but if you, you know, I, I love what uh, our friend Ronnie Cordray says, you know, if you get the man, you get the family. If, yeah. if you really, if, if the man is the leader of the home, the spiritual leader, and the, and then it, it just trickles down. Yeah, that makes lots, uh, yeah, what he said. <laughs> so, so anyway, thank you for listening. We hope you're still listening and not turning the channel, but anyway, we, we enjoy doing this show. And today we're talking about a topic which actually is a continuation from last week. If you're, depending on when you listen to this, you may be listening to a podcast, but uh, last week we had a gentleman on who was given an eight-year diagnosis to live by a disease called scleroderma. And he was given an eight-year sentence, and he's four years into that, and he believes he's going to live past that. But he, he said it was the greatest thing that ever happened to him. And uh, on this week's show, this reminded me, my kids always make fun of me because I don't particularly love today's version of country music. Like, I kind of roll my eyes at it. Uh, but I said I do like some country music. And last week's show and this week's show reminds me of a country song. And I'm going to read the lyrics a few years back. You probably recognize the lyrics to this song, but it's a Tim McGraw song. And it said... He said, I was in my early 40s with a lot of life before me, and a moment came that stopped me on a dime. I spent most of the next days looking at the x-rays, talking about the options and talking about sweet time. I asked him when it sank in that this might be the real end. How's it hit you when you get that kind of news? Man, what did you do? And he said, I went skydiving. Come on, Kurt. I mean, I, I, come I, on, I, sing it with I, me. I, no. You know, I'm not a real big Tim McGraw fan. I should be. Okay, I don't. I'm, that song reminded me though of today's because the man <laughs> sitting next to us actually is kind of living out, in essence, that version of uh, his life is a country song, basically. <laughs> And we're going to hear a little bit John, about it. John, have you ever thought, hey, I'm living a country song? I haven't lost my dog yet. But. <laughs> or your pickup truck. Uh, I did have to get rid of my pickup truck. <laughs> you know, uh, John Rawls, welcome to the show. Thank it, you. It's great to have you. You know, uh, Chad, uh, th- last week and this week, you know, we're, we're talking about two guys who have been told some news that the vast majority, I, I think, I mean, everybody on the planet would go, oh, my goodness. And... But like last week, the, you know, he said, Tom said, it's, it's the best thing that's happened to me. And when I connected with John recently, he said the same thing. I'm like going, okay, how do you, how do you get a, a cancer diagnosis and go, that's, that's one of the best things that's ever happened to me. So we're gonna, but we're gonna, before we unpack all of that, uh, John, tell us a little bit about yourself. You've been married to Amy for how long? Wow, you put me right on the spot. <laughs> I was married June 4th, 1994. Okay. So do the math of that. Like, do the math of that. 
24 that'd be years. 24 years. Okay, there yeah. we go. There we go. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So, so you got to be planning for your 25th wedding anniversary. You know, that's we important. just went um, in the beginning of this year on a cruise, and I was in the military, and I did not want to get back on a ship ever again. But I went on this cruise because it was our first real honeymoon that we ever did. Oh. Because when we got married, uh, I I remember I did my taxes my first year in ministry. I made $8,000 total. That was our gross income. And on our honeymoon, we went to uh, we went to St. Louis, Missouri to go to the zoo because it was free. And I tried to save money on a hotel, and we ended up going to the Congress Airport Inn. And your listeners don't want to go there. I should have known, actually, because when we walked in, there was and your a sign. Wife is, and your wife is still with you. Yes. And she loves you. Yes, it's amazing. <laughs> but we went in, and there was a sign behind the desk, and it said, no refunds after 15 minutes. No joke. I should have known. And so we went in, and um, there, the, there was a single light bulb hanging down from the ceiling. Oh, my goodness. There was no faucet on the end of the shower. It was just a pipe coming out, and the only thing on TV was pornographic movies. And this was a flop house, and this was my honeymoon place that we went to. And so we're there that night, and people are knocking on the windows and all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, uh, are you asleep? And she goes, no. And I go, let's go back. And so we got in our little Ford Festiva that did not even have air conditioning oh my um, and didn't have an antenna for our radio. So I put a 30-foot magnetic CB mount antenna on top of that little car so it looked like a squirrel. I could pick up radio from, from Mexico, basically, on that thing. We got back in that car. We drove back to where I was doing ministry at, and that was our honeymoon. And so... Dude, that it, is it was romantic. All uphill from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, got, it could get better, nothing but better oh. after that. So oh we just goodness. did a real honeymoon um, nice. this year. Okay, so, so yeah. your 25th is coming up. So you just begin to plan. Uh, yeah, I need to. Yeah. yeah. So Okay, so you mentioned military. Uh, yeah. um, listeners, sometimes I meet guys. I've met thousands and thousands of people all over the, all over the globe. Um, but sometimes you meet some people like, this dude knows more stuff and can do more things than I can't even begin to imagine. And uh, listeners, John is one of these guys. You have been in the military. Uh, uh, how long? You were there for? Four years to the day. Uh, was it Navy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you, correct. You served in the Navy. So yes. thank you for serving our country. Um, but you've, you, you've also, you've been on the mission field. Right. Um, where were you? I was in Taiwan. You were in Taiwan. How long? Yep. Uh, we were there full time about eight years. Eight years. Mm-hmm. But you were also, uh, what were you doing in Taiwan? We were doing church planning. I was the team leader of it a group of five families and so we were starting churches there it is a unreached place hardly any christians uh, percentage of christians is extremely small 23 million people in that country so that, that's more than australia just to put it in perspective so we were there doing church planning evangelism discipleship and then i also started well i started two businesses one after the other one uh, while i was there and that helped us financially it also gave us tremendous exposure to people. So when we would say, you know, hey, I'm here doing a business and I'm also a Christian helping my my Taiwanese friends uh, start new churches, nobody would balk at that. And so it was just because it was, the business it made sense to them. Okay. Yes. The business piece really right. gave you a door, an open door to communicate. Right. I mean if I would have said I was a missionary or something like that, they they would assume that I was probably a Mormon or something like that and would be looking for my bike or something. So, I mean, they just didn't understand that concept, really. Wow. Um, so the business piece really gave you a, 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 an opportunity to share your faith. 
yeah, it helped me use a part of just who I am. So mm-hmm. I've always loved the balance of both business and ministry, and I don't think that they need to be separated. In fact, I actually believe, Kurt, that that's going to be the tool that God's going to use to finish the task of evangelizing and seeing the gospel in every place in the world is going to be through business people. And so, you know, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, that's how God created me. And so being able to use the business stuff gave me access to to people. Uh, it gave me credibility and and so that was the biggest thing, and it, it helped some on the on the financial side too. Though it it wasn't uh, it wasn't the driver to it was you know bottom line finances. Uh, and you've also in 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 all that's going on, you you uh, you're an Iron Man guy. Yeah, I try, <laughs> or I I was. You you've done how many half a ma- uh, half uh, Iron Man. Uh, races six or seven uh, half Ironman races, and then did uh, the inaugural full Ironman race in Taiwan like a week before we were going to move back. We were moving here to Kentucky. I did that race. That's incredible, Chad. You ever done an Ironman? Uh, no, I did a sprint, and that's as, as long as I. What, what was the? What's a half? Uh, let's see. The half is about nineteen hundred uh, meters swim. So a little over a mile and something. And then the bike is a little over 50 miles, and then you run a half marathon. So that would be 13.1. Yeah. And oh. then the fools just double that. Yeah. Yikes. So, and, and you've also, you, you're a prof- you've been a Bible college professor. Right. What were you teaching? I taught uh, evangelism and preaching were the two big areas that I worked in. So my, my graduate work was in the field of communication, and so that kind of went uh, well into that area of, just communicating and persuasion and those kind of things. I mean, we call evangelism in the secular world, they would call that persuasion. So. Wow. <laughs> Chad, uh, okay, he's a business owner, starts business, church planner, discipleship professor guy, runs Iron Man, uh, you know, does all that. I feel like a like a complete <laughs> loser. <laughs> well, you quit comparing yourself, Kurt. Yes, I know, I know. Uh, actually, I, when we met John and and just connected, I I just thought, wow, this is uh, just a cool cool life, man. God's been writing a story, and um, and God's been using you and preparing you for even greater things. You um, you're doing some social media stuff now around the globe, right? Um, but we're gonna we'll, we'll unpack that in the next segment as we uh, un, un, unpack your story of of your life, what God's doing. So you hear a life very well lived, full life. You know, he does a lot of things and he does a lot of things well. And you think, man, that's a guy who knows where he's going. And he knows where where he's going and, and how he's going to get there. But then all of a sudden, like the old country music song, he got that phone call and things stopped on a dime. And uh, John got the phone call and said, time out. Things aren't going like you think. And we're going to talk about how that affected him. And he's in the middle of it right now. Uh, an incurable disease. And what do you do when you hear that uh, information? So we're going to take a break and we'll come back and talk more about that in the second segment of Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. Boy, it's really exciting in the studio today. We're sitting around staring at one another, <laughs> trying to do some Facebook living. But uh, anyway, you are here listening on the on the radio and or a podcast, and we thank you for that. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors. We've got some great sponsors. Ellen and Credit Union. They have been around the city and been a, 
uh, a, a presence in our city for years. And if you need anything when it comes to money, auto loans, mortgages, credit cards, business loans, private accounts, whatever you need, they want to take care of your money in regards to and give you great service in the process. So Ellen and Credit Union, they've been with us for a long time sponsoring the show. We want to thank them. And Vision First Eye Care. They've been around since 1955, which doesn't seem possible. But Dr. Rod Rollo bought into the existing uh, company in 1987 and they've been around and expanding i was out in bullet county the other day going to an appointment and i saw a vision first store there so they're all over the place and they take care of you as a person and not just your eyeballs so we were big fans of vision first so okay john rawls you are one unique dude man i mean you've you've kind of done a whole plethora of of things in the military professor bible college professor you've been a church planner you've been to taiwan uh when did you come back to the u.s we flew in uh, to Louisville on uh, Thunder over Louisville. Oh, nice! And that evening, yeah, and so there was fireworks and everything when I arrived in yeah, the in the city. They were welcoming you. Welcome home, John. Yeah, I would love to think that. Well, it wasn't home. We had never been here before. We just moved here because of the organization that I worked with at the time was based out of Louisville, and so we were we moved here not knowing anybody and not knowing you know really what was going to go on or what was going to happen but um yeah we've we feel like we've really started to put some roots down and uh we live up in oldham county odom county and uh we're you learning like how to Ch- talk you sound like chad with no no l's in your words i'm from shively <laughs> which means nothing to you but that we understand that yeah so uh you know just loving our neighbors loving the school and the sports programs and stuff and so yeah so, so when you came back and then you started working with, with a church uh i worked with the a mission organization uh, named team expansion here in louisville and they're a church planning organization uh, and but then I, I left there and began working with a church here in Louisville after that. But but then w- what began to happen to your body? I uh, when we first moved back, uh, they said that I had a nodule on my thyroid and I needed to get it checked out when I got back to the States. And so I went in to do that. And they said, no, nah, it's really small. You're OK. But have you been sick lately? And we're like, no, why? And they're like, because your lymph nodes are enlarged. They wanted to do a test right then, and they called my insurance, and the insurance said, no, you can't do it. So I had to go through that whole process of getting a specialist, doing whatever else. You're so grateful for insurance companies. Yeah. So, well, this is when you're, when you're poor, this is what you get, you know, and this is the quality of the insurance that we could get and afford at that time. And uh, so they... They did not want to do a PET. They only wanted to do a CAT scan. They did that, and um, they, the doctor called me up. I was getting ready to fly to Jordan the very next day, and I remember this, and he called me up, and he said, well, it doesn't seem like they've grown, so I don't think it's cancer. I think you're good to go. I'm like, great, sounds good to me. And so I took off and did that. Well, that was almost two years ago, and but I was getting ready to go to Ghana to film, a do- to document, do some video work about a movement happening there, and I had gotten a bunch of shots because for every kind of mosquito-borne illness in the world, they have it there. And so I was so tired, no joke, I was drinking probably two gallons of coffee a day just to try to just get through, to have energy to get through the day. And, 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 and that started kind of um, on that trip to Jordan? Were you already tired now, then? Uh, I'm t- I was tired all the time, So, but I just chalked it up to my workload and whatever. But it continued to get worse, and uh, so... 
I started feeling pain then in my groin. Man, this was right at Easter, and I thought, well, you know, I'm, I'm playing guitar, I'm carrying this weight, I've been doing a lot, maybe it's just because of that. But we had gotten Aflac insurance, and so we had to wait at least 30 days before we could do anything, before that would kick in. So I did, and then on day 30, or actually day 31, mm. I got in at a doctor, they did blood tests, it came back super high for one marker. So they sent me the same day to the lump and bump specialist down here with Norton, and that started that journey of trying to figure it out. Um, I knew what it was before I met with the doctor. So, you know, when they say, well, it could be this, they, they did a fine needle biopsy, all sorts of stuff. I, you know, they said, when you're sick, don't go to the internet. And so I went to the internet and I did some really deep dives. And so I knew like CD20 markers that this was not only a cancer, but what type it was. Uh, it's called follicular, which is lazy. So it is a slower growing, which is why it didn't expand on those two different CTs. Uh, it did spread though, because it had started up here by my collarbone, but ended up down in my groin as well. So it was in two different spots of my body, above and below the diaphragm, which is usually not a good thing. Uh, so at that uh, point. it was, I think you said in the break, stage two. Yeah, stage two, grade three, I think is what they told me. And, and um, so what? what's going on in your wife's mind yeah. in your in your kids and in your in your thinking i can tell you kurt the, one of the hardest things um is being in my vehicle calling my wife and when i got the news from the fine needle biopsy that it came back with two different markers for cancer and she was at work and hearing her cry and my responsibility to try to comfort her and say you know hey, it's going to be okay and there's treatments and this and that and whatever else that was that was one of those marking moments that i you know i'm going to remember um but the truth be told i've gone through all this i'm still going through the chemotherapy uh i don't want anybody to even know that i have it by my work or whatever i mean the first six months were terrible and uh i felt miserable and i was trying to work during that time and like i got sick at one point and i coughed just probably three weeks i mean i just couldn't get rid mm. of of sickness and um, and yet I still wanted to try to work and do my best, you know, whatever that was during that time. And so, um, yeah, that, that so right now I'm doing maintenance chemo. Well, uh, back, back up just a little bit. Okay. Talk, talk about your kids when yeah. you when you told them. You've got an 18 year old, 20 year old, right. and then a little girl, uh, 10 or 11, 11 years old. Yep, 11. Um, I you know I, I I think it's important to be honest. And so, you know, I told them what it was and told them, hey, you know, it's going to be okay. And But I wanted to be honest with them about what's going on. Uh, I felt like it was important for me to be as much up high energy as I could, uh, even around them. Though at the first six months when I was doing the heaviest chemo, it I would do it on a Friday. And then by Sunday, I was just wasted. And there were some times where my kids had to help me get out of the chair even. I was so tired. But then usually by Monday I was okay and I could get back to work and be okay. But, um, you know, they've, they've not seen, because of the kind of chemo I'm doing, I'm not losing my hair and I'm not losing weight. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm gaining weight yeah, as a result. You, of, you say, you, you said the other day, yeah, you're typically kind of a 180 guy and now you're weighing how much? Uh, you know, I'm 185 when I was getting to race and stuff. Now I'm right about 215. Though I'm 212 this morning. So that's a good sign. <laughs> You know, so, if you're going to get cancer, at least you could do is lose some weight. I know, right? that's one of the positive. So that's, that's the way I was looking at it, too. So it was the only side effect I was looking forward to. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the opposite I, direction. I, I so, so, okay, so um, 
But, but what in your mind, the doctor told you, okay, uh, one out of yeah, the very first meeting, he said um, that this is not a curable cancer. Currently, this is all he does though is lymphoma type cancers, and he said one in eleven people will die in the first five years. And he said, I don't want you to be that one. And I'm like, that's great. I don't want, I don't want to be that one either. We, we are in total agreement on this. <laughs> uh, and so he, was, he is great, great doctors, great nurses over there at Norton. Uh, I went to the Women and Children's Hospital. I'm now doing the VA hospital simply because I was paying out of pocket over $23,000 this last year for my medical stuff. And I've sold everything I have of value. I mean, my guitar, everything I had to make ends meet during that, that period of time. And we made it. But uh, I thought, well, okay, well... I'm going to need to find a different, cheaper option uh, for right now, at least. And so, but you told me the other day that this is one of the best things that's ever happened to you. Yeah. H- how, how in the world can that be? Well, when I first got the diagnosis, uh, you know, I really was upset for a good day or two. And you know, there's no book written about how you're supposed to respond when you you get told you have cancer. And so, I just decided I could decide how I wanted to respond. I was really the most discouraged because I wanted to do this business's mission endeavor. I wanted to travel and to use the skill that I have to help mission teams around the world. And I felt like I wasn't going to be able to do that at the time. And, uh, and what it has done is it's brought a focus. Uh, maybe it's because I, you know, an ex-preacher or whatever, but to me, there were three F's that it brought to my life, which was my faith, uh, you know, when you're told that you're going to die from something, you got to decide, do you really believe what you believe? Mm-hmm. And, and sitting there singing songs, you know, it doesn't matter if there's the fog machine and cool lights or whatever else. I mean, it's like, what is it really going to matter for your life? And, you know, do you know where you're going to go? And do you believe all these things? And so I wanted to uh, grow in my faith and I wanted to do something that was going to be a kingdom impact. I also wanted to make sure then that my family, though, was a priority. When you only think you may only have so much time, you want to maximize that time. And so like even now, I'm flying on a Saturday through Thursday to countries all around the world so that I can be back for Friday night football. And it's important to me. And I'll pay more for the airline tickets because it's important for me to be with my family and for these important things. So my family was another one. And then the third was the finances. And that was just being in ministry my whole life. I had nothing. And, you know, when you think, okay, I may die and end up leaving nothing, you know, besides bills and a mortgage to my wife, what, what is that? And, um... You know, I, I don't, people think you go into ministry, you've taken a vow of poverty, but you know, I don't think that's true. And so I wanted to maximize uh, and make as much money as I could uh, with whatever time I had left. So those three F's, faith, family, and finances became a focus of mine. And it, Ever since the diagnosis. Yeah. I mean, that was just important for me to, to make sure those things were. And so they drive all my decisions. We're going to continue to talk about that, but we need to take a break right now. So we're going to take a break and come back in the next two segments and as you're hearing this you may be thinking boy that's a really bummer for him he has cancer but my question to you is the listener do you have the same type of focus and why do you not or why do i not so we're going to come back in a little bit and get some advice from a guy who has more focus than you and i and why you and i should have similar focus because we're all dying we just don't know when and how and we're going to talk more about that when we come back on our third segment of solid steps radio All right, welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. We are having a weird day today. Well, you know what, but we're having a fun day. We I'm are. Sorry. We've got cameras in here. We've got people filming things, and I feel like we're a big deal. We're not, but I mean, it just seems like it today. All right. Hey, we are a big deal. We're child, children of the king, man. Okay, yeah, that's true. All right, uh, so 
<laughs> so uh, welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. My name is Chad Russell. That's Kurt Souter of Featherstone Ministries. And we are uh, a show for men by men. And we're doing uh, a show today with John Rawls. And he's talking about he was diagnosed with cancer about a year ago and says one of the best things that ever happened to him. Well, how can that be? Well, stay tuned. We're going to talk more about that in our third segment. If you want to hear our first two segments, commercial free, at any point, you can go to iTunes, SoundCloud, Dot com, or you can go to furtherstoneministries.org, or you can go to our Facebook page and just type in Solid Steps Radio, and you can hear all of our shows in the, in their entirety. This would be episode number 152 for those of you keeping score at home. And we want to thank our sponsors uh, who have helped make our show possible. We want to thank Bright Star Home Care. Uh, if you know anyone who is, whether they need some part-time care at home because they just can't take care of themselves, they're getting up there in age and they can't move around as much, or you need someone who needs full-blown, 100% around-the-clock care, Bright Star Home Care helps people do that in a loving, Christ-like way. How can you help uh, your loved ones in a way that shows them dignity? And Bright Star Home Care does that. And also, Frank Enterprises, uh, if you have a septic system that's not quite doing what it's supposed to do, you have a lot of problems on your hands, and they are good at helping that you know, not do that. Uh, if you have water drainage issues on the outside of your house and it's not going where it's supposed to, Frank Enterprises, they're a sponsor of our show and they help us out tremendously in regards to uh, our sponsorship. Hey, so John Rawls, you, 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 you've been diagnosed and uh, in the break, you mentioned, uh, you, we, we were talking about you kind of run things through a filter. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of us run things through a filter. Is, is it going to be fun? Will it be pleasurable? Will I, you know, am I going to really like this? And if it, if it doesn't, that's my filter, you know, um, then I'm not going to do it. Right. But you have a different filter. Right. Your filter is ever since you were diagnosed, um, you call it the three Fs. Right. Yeah, faith, my family, and then my finances. Talk about that a little bit more. Well, I think our faith is extremely important to decide, do we believe what we sing? You know, I think a revival in the church would happen immediately if we just started doing what we sing and acting upon what we say we believe and whatever with our lives. And when you realize that there's something in your body that your blood is trying to kill you, you have to decide, do I really believe this? And I do. And then, then what do you want to do with it? And, and you know, I have a, a skill set of, and a connection of people that I work with, and we have the same passion, which is unreached people groups. And so, I mean, for me, I want to see the gospel in places where it isn't. And so I want to see that there are churches and there are Bibles and there are workers in places where right now there are none. And so that's what I'm doing. That's what my business is right now. And that's where I'm at is are the places in the countries where if you wanted to meet a Christian, you wouldn't find one. There just aren't any in these places. And, you know, I could, we could spend a whole show on this, but the truth is very little funds go to that, to those regions. Very few things. Uh, we have short-term trips to go all sorts of places and not to take away from any of that, but there are unreached millions, billions of people who have never once heard who Jesus is. And I find that unacceptable. And so for me, that's what I wanted to use whatever life I have left to make a difference in that area. And, um, and I mean, I'm thankful I'm getting to do that. I mean, you are taking seriously what Jesus said when he says, do not store up treasures on earth, but store up treasures in heaven. Yeah, I think I, you know, I wouldn't mind having some treasures here on earth as well. That's the, the F of finances to the point of taking care of my family and, and you know not feeling like that we're we're robbing from some bill to go to you know to McDonald's or something like that 
but I, I do take the responsibility of, you know, when when the the land you have whatever gifts that you have, you just use those, and you use it for His glory. And if He's given you a lot, then you use that. If He's given you a skill, then you just use that skill. I, I believe that Jesus died so that every person could have an opportunity to spend eternity with him and with our father in heaven. And so to know that there are people who never heard that, you know, millions of people seems un- unacceptable to me. And so, yes, there's the storing up treasures and yes, there's that part, but there's also just the great commission. And maybe that's the military in me, but that's, that's the marching orders. That's the mission. Mm-hmm. And it is a mission worth dying for. It is a mission worth giving everything that we have. And, you know, I, I want to mobilize here in the U S more for that, but Ultimately, I just want to take the gospel, and I love seeing people responding to that. Um, so, yeah, that, that's that first filter is, is it going to make a kingdom impact where the gospel isn't? Uh, and then the family part of it's just, you know, um, I want to make sure I don't miss these important things in my family's life. And, and I, I have to travel because of my work, and I love where I get to go, but... I want to be home and I want to be at my kids games and I want to spend time with them and I want to make memories with them. And that's a new thing for me as a dad is learning from, uh, you know, Hey, this is a lot of money to go do this activity. But my wife has really been teaching me that, that no, we're making memories. These are something that's important. And so when I think, you know, I may not be here five years from now, I want this experience to be in my kid's memory. Then that's important. That's to be real, there. That's really important. Right. And so I could work more. I could make more money. I choose not to right now because I want to balance all of that through uh, making sure that I'm available for my kids. Uh, I don't say no to ministries if at all possible, but there is other businesses and clients that have come along and you know I just have to say no mm. because of time because it's important for me to be like like I was saying earlier to be at these football games on a Friday night I want to be there I want to be standing on the sideline live tweeting what's going on on these games and, and have those experiences um, and then the finance part is you know I just I don't want to leave my family with debt and and so I want to help my kids my dad was a school teacher and you know we grew up in a mobile home and we just didn't have much and I have been around people that are extremely wealthy and I know that that finance is not the answer, but I do know that some of those people that I've been around, in fact, one of my closest ones that was a mentor to me just died from cancer here this last week. I was actually traveling back from overseas when I got the message. I have never met somebody as generous as that person. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want. So when I'm talking finances and treasures, it's not just, hey, I want to drive a super nice car or whatever else. It has nothing to do with that. I could care less about those things. I just don't want my wife, uh, if I were to pass early, to be you know, um, straddled by a huge amount of, for a home loan or, or whatever else. I just want to make sure they're taken care of. And so that's the finance part of it. Well, you, you know, we made, we were talking in the break and I think Chad, you said this, we, we live like we aren't going to die mm-hmm. and, and you're living the opposite of that. You're living, you are going to die. Yeah, I know it. And you know it, you've been given a diagnosis. You, you know that the chances of you living a full life are, 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 and so, therefore, you want to run everything through that filter of I, I, I live out my faith. I walk closely with my family. I'm building memories, which I, I think is a fantastic concept, making memories. Um, and, and then financially, you don't want to leave, leave your family, you know, 
destitute. Right. I mean, you have a responsibility. Uh, Chad, give the the proverb. Um, uh, a wise man. Oh, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Children, yeah. I mean, he's <clears throat> right. and so I mean that's what you're talking about. I, I don't want to leave debt for my family. I want to leave them. I want to have some life insurance. By the way, uh, listeners out there, um, can I just passionately put a, just a statement in here? If you do not have life insurance, I'm going to Dave Ramsey you. Uh, you you must have some life insurance to take care of your family. You might be perfectly healthy. Mm-hmm. Healthy. You're 35 years old. Get some life insurance. You need it yeah. um, for your family. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but but I I love that you are thinking with the end in mind. That there is an end to this world uh, of my life on this world, and I want to live it to the fullest. Right. Um, hey, let me ask you, John. Um, a lot of times you'll hear and see on social media where people will, you know, they take it very personal that they have cancer. And I do not want to, my goodness, I'm not going to ever criticize anybody for anything on how they approach it. Everybody has their own journey they have to walk. Do you look at cancer as something that is, um, how do you approach cancer? Do you look at it as, you dirty son of a gun, I'm going to whip your butt kind of approach? Is that how you've attacked, said I'm, this is a battle to fight? How have you approached it? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I'm just thinking about it and reflecting on it right now. I, probably the fight mm-hmm. part has been the thing. I did not want anybody to know that I had it, and I have not tried to lessen. I mean, I'm supposed to wear a mask. I'm, I'm, there's things I should be doing. In fact, I've, I'm starting to already have symptoms again of some stuff and I probably should be back at the doctor or whatever but I want to push because I believe in the work that I'm getting to do and so and I really really want to keep doing those things and and uh so I think that's a big part of it I just had um there's really you know the time when I had to call my wife and tell her and then the other time was we had a really really close friend and I don't know if we had time in the segment or not to to tell but I, I have a really good friend of mine who is in Taiwan whose wife had the exact same cancer as mine. She was told, hey, the tumors are gone. And then it came back with a vengeance really fast and, and, and killed her. And um, you, you couldn't have physically hurt me any more than what that, those news because he was a writer, is a writer, and I'm reading him writing about this whole process of her dying from it. And I'm laying in bed one night, my wife is crying, and I'm, I'm crying. I'm just bawling from it. Because mm. she said, I forget that you have this. And I'm like, that's the whole plan. Is I, I don't want to play victim. Mm. Uh, but I think about it. There's not probably an hour that goes by that I do not think about this. Um, but it, it, it's, it's, it can become part of your identity in the standpoint of, well, John, he's the guy who has cancer. But you're, it sounds like you're like, hey, I don't want to be known as the guy who has cancer. Well, I mean, I share about it. I do a video blog every time before I go in for my chemotherapy. Right. I, because... Uh, it's easier for me to do the video than it is to write about it and to, and sure. to share. And I've gotten a lot of calls and people talking to me like, hey, we watch your video and, and it's been encouraging. People talk to me that I haven't heard from for years and former students and stuff. And so, I, you know, I want, I'm not afraid of saying it or talking sure. about it, but I don't want it to stop me from moving forward and, and doing the things that I want to do this day. I love it. Well, we're going to stop for a minute and then we're going to take a break and come back for our fourth and final segment we're going to talk more about uh, the three F's and more about uh, the direction that John's going and how uh, God is using this to the betterment of his of his son uh, John so we're going to take a break we'll be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio 
Welcome back to our fourth and final segment today of Solid Steps Radio. Thank you for listening. If you're listening on purpose, we appreciate it. If you're listening on accident, we are talking today to John Rawls. He's been diagnosed with cancer, and he says it's one of the best things that's ever happened to him. How can that be? Well, listen to the other three segments, and you'll hear a little bit more about that. Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes, and uh, just type in Solid Steps Radio, or you can go to furtherstoneministries.org. And click on the mic. We want to thank our sponsors, Dan Hart Financial. We've been talking about one of the F's of financials. And if you want to take your money, both whether you're going to live for 50 more years or 50 more days, and you say, I want to invest this for the kingdom and for the betterment of a lot longer after I'm gone, you want to go to Dan Hart Financial. He helps uh, people do that. And we appreciate him sponsoring the show. And also, we want to remind everyone, Beside You for Life is having their annual gala banquet, October 2nd, 6 p.m. at the new Omni Hotel dinner. And they get to hear from a great panel talking about many cool things in regards to the culture and uh, and and what that means in regards to Beside You for Life, by the way, used to be uh, a Woman's Choice Resource Center and Nicole's Place. They've combined. So Beside You for Life, if you want more information on that, go to BesideYou.org. That's B-S-I-D-E, the letter U.org forward slash benefit. That's BesideYouForLife.org forward slash benefit. Or you can call 589-9400, 589-9400. Okay, so Chad, uh, in the Bible says, redeem the time to make the most of every opportunity. When, John, when you're telling your story, I mean, that's, that's what it pops in my brain. Redeem the time. Mm. You know, the... The, the psalmist says, teach us to number our days because we don't have a million days. Right. Uh, and you know that very well. Your days are numbered. Um, but we were talking in the break how cancer has heightened a lot of things for you. Right. It's heightened your, your passion for living. It's heightened your, uh, to enjoy your family, to enjoy life to the fullest. Uh, it's heightened your your focus of ministry and reach and your zeal for the kingdom and for reaching people. Talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I, I do. I feel like I appreciate things. Uh, it could be food, drink, whatever. Uh, experiences, uh, laughter is huge. Uh, having my daughter give me a hug, you know, I just I cherish. I just cherish all of those things. And, and even just then to hear stories of what's happening around the world from people who are saying, you know, we had we used what you taught us and we're t- literally turning off our ads because we have more people responding than we can handle. Or hearing about last week from a guy who wanted to go get baptized who was the first one to respond and hearing that his brothers were back at his home with a gun, that when he came back, he was literally being shot at because of his faith. I look at what they're going through and and the, and the, those are my heroes. And the people that live and are working these workers in these countries and who are there day in and day out. And so, you know, I love being around them. I love laughing with them. I feel like that they get it too. They understand just the the uh life is a gift and every day is. And none of us know that. So, I mean, we could be in a car crash car crash i mean especially here in louisville you get out in 71 goodness so i mean we all are having you know we just don't know so we make the most of this day because that's what we have we that's well said we have this moment we have this day tomorrow we're not guaranteed that's right yesterday is 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 gone yep make the most live in the present and and live fully for the lord jesus Mm. 
You, you were gonna say something, Chad? Nope. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how do you? I, you know, I, I I'm just I, I marvel at uh, John and our guest last week, and and you guys are saying these diagnoses uh, that have have happened. It's the it's one of the best things that's that's happened to me. Yeah. I, I'm I just marvel at that. I asked you on the break. I said, um, if you didn't have cancer right now, right, would your vision of your business, your vision of your family, your vision of your faith, would it be as intense? Did it take you to another level of intensity and compassion and passion on everything you're doing? Yeah, I, I think, you know, my my mother-in-law died from cancer and her first response to my wife about me was, guys, she's intense. So I think I've probably always been driven and intense, but this has thrown fuel on the fire. Um, I do know that I am willing to take more risk now. Um, you know, and I'll joke about it. I'll say, you know, I've got cancer. What's going to happen? Or I, I found joking about it. And, and this is not, you know, you were saying, hey, not to take away from anybody else's. There, my experience, you know, I'm not having the physical sides that are visible. So every person that goes through this is, is extremely, I don't want to, I'm not trying to belittle that. For me, being able to laugh in the midst of this and to work hard is an important coping thing. So I joke with people like, we'll be out in the sun. I'm like, ah, I got to get undercover. I might get cancer or something. You know, I mean, I, uh, and I actually had a nephew who goes, well, I didn't know how to respond around you. But when I realized you were laughing and you were just okay, then that freed me up to be that way too. Um, but the, the intensity for sure. Uh, I think that everything we need to accomplish Christ's mission can be done in our generation and in this lifetime. I actually believe that we could actually finish the task. And we have developed software. We have tools that are working in a way that's the most exciting thing I have ever even heard about so, so to be able to do that, yes, I'm. So my name is on some accounts. My, I'm doing things and taking risk because um, I don't want to be flipping about it. But I just already know I, I've got a death sentence. I'm gonna die at some day, and I would be. I'm, I'm willing to die for what I believe. I don't want it. I'm not asking for that. There's no kind of bravado there. It's just I believe he's worth it. And uh, you know, Nick mm. Ripkin in his book the. The insanity of obedience talks about that. Is he worth it? And I think he is. Um, and I think it is worth, I think God loves every person in this world so much so that he sent his son. And so that means the people in the Middle East or in parts of Asia or where else, wherever else where they've never heard the gospel, he loves them as much as he loves you all and our radio listeners and myself so much then that what, you know, what is my life for theirs to be able to do that? And so I think this cancer has, been, has driven that and uh, it's, it's making me take risk. It's making me want to love. It's making me want to ask for forgiveness um, mm. when I screw up because that happens a lot. Um, you know, it just, there's a lot, everything is being ran through that filter of, of eternity. And so I, I definitely think that that heightens all of those, those things in my life. You're, you're, you are talking living more graciously, living more generously, living more uh, passionately. Um, as we wrap up, John, first of all, thanks so much for coming. Thanks for sharing your story. I, I My just, pleasure. I, I love what God's doing in and through you. Um, you, you truly are uh, you, you, not caution to the wind. You're not throwing your, you know, your life, your body, a, a caution to the wind. You are living to the fullest. I hope so. Um, talk to our listeners just in, in just you know 30 seconds. Um, 
that we're, we're struggling with our every, everyday kind of American life. Right. Just maybe a word of encouragement and challenge. Well, I, I know that we live in a world that um, has lots of religions. You know, we've got Buddhism and Hinduism, and uh, we also have consumerism. So a lot of those isms uh, try to crowd away the thing that's the true love of our life. And I just know that there's some amazing people who are trying to climb a ladder of success, and, and they may find that that ladder is against the wrong wall someday. And mm-hmm. I used to think, boy, you know, I've got a lifetime and someday my kids or whatever else. No, I'm, I'm at that point. I've got one that's gone in college. i got one that's choosing where he's going to go and go play football next year at. And, you know, th- that time goes fast. And I remember hearing it and people told me. And so uh, I would just encourage especially these dads out there mm-hmm. to make the most of each and every day. And in the end of the day, if it means you've got an extra 30 minutes or an hour with your kid or you make an extra deal, pass on the deal. Don't just don't pass on your kids. No pass on your wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that those other things will take care of themselves. I believe that a hundred percent. God just takes care of all of those other things if we just focus on Him and uh, our families. That's mm-hmm. the church we're going to be responsible for someday. Amen. John, thanks a ton for coming in. Would you pray for us, guys? Sure, please. Yeah. Thanks, Father God. Thank you for uh, opportunities to share and for radio shows like this. And Kurt and Chad and others. God, I just pray that you would touch the listeners that are hearing this, whether it be in their cars or on the podcast or whatever. God, help them to live this day for you and for your glory. Mm-hmm. God, uh, your word says that each of us are your workmanship created in your son, Christ Jesus, for good works, and that you prepared those. You had those in mind before we were ever born. I pray that every man that hears this show will know what is that purpose of my life, what really, really matters, and that, God, you will equip them, you will guide them, you will continue to be gracious in their lives so that they can live for you and they can love on their families and they can love on their neighbors and they can make an impact however you guide and lead them father thank you for your love and for your son jesus and it's in his name we pray mm-hmm. amen amen thank you brother you know at the beginning of the show <clears throat> excuse me frog in my throat um I, I read lyrics from a country music song said live like you were dying big hit for T- tim mcgraw and i think when people listen to that song they have two different perspectives people are are falling in one of two categories. You're going to die one death or two deaths. If you listen to that song and you say, I got to squeeze as much of life in, I got to ride the bull, I got to climb the mountain because you only live once. This is as good as a life. This is as close to heaven as you'll ever get is this side of heaven because you're going to die a physical death and then you're going to die the second death, which is total separation from God forever. So they want to live and get a lot squeezed in before they die that first death. But John is talking about dying once because he's born again to live a life forever in eternity. His eternity starts years ago. He's living in eternity now in Christ Jesus. So if you're listening to this show or podcast, my question to you is, are you going to die once? You're going to die twice. Because if you're going to die twice, you're not in Christ Jesus. And we care about you on this show. And you are, if you're a man and you're walking around saying, I'm not walking with God, we know you're not fulfilling your destiny. And your destiny is to be in Christ Jesus and to die one physical death because he died for you. Only two people in the universe can pay for your sins, either you or Jesus. And Jesus paid it all. All to him we owe. And he died so we could only die once. You got a decision to make. We're all dying. 
So let's make those decisions based on the filters, faith, family, and finances, friends, you name it. We can do it in Christ Jesus. Thank you for listening. Pass this along to somebody who's dying. (laughs) which is everybody (laughs) and we thank you for listening and supporting our show we pray that you will be blessed by this show and uh, thank you so much on Solid Steps Radio